0: Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank our listeners for their endless support. We would also like to invite you to visit us at our website at www.preptgrind.com. Most importantly, we are thrilled to announce that we will be releasing the Pre-PT Success Program, the number one Pre-PT course to all of you very, very soon. A course designed to take focused Pre-PT students and help them become excellent DPT school candidates without wasting years of frustration during the application process. Included is proven mentorship, step-by-step guidance, everything you need to know and a powerful community and network. Be the first to learn when we release this course with limited seats by clicking in the link in our show notes or reaching out to us at www.contactpreptgrind.com and commenting prept success. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast episode, enjoy.
1: What's up guys? This is Casey and Joseph here with another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming the best DPT student and the best future physical therapist you can be on. This episode is a very, very special episode. We have our newest member of the SSPT family, future and soon to be Dr. Jenna Cantor. How are you doing this evening, Jenna?
2: Oh, super excited. I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you guys and just to bond and get to know you guys before even recording this podcast has been awesome.
3: Uh, this has been amazing. A bit of, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a good podcast episode, uh, but we had a blast um, just chatting with Jenna about her experience now. She is um, in her last year of PT school doing a clinical rotation, uh, talking a little bit about the future. But now we want to talk about how you guys' future as pre-PT students through her story. We want to hear about how she got into PT school, how she got to doing all the crazy things she's doing now, leading up to where she is today. So Jenna, how did you find the physical therapy school? How did it all begin for you?
2: Well, it began with me never thinking I would do this profession. I did mm. not want to be a physical therapist. This was actually <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do. I think even when I was a little kid, when I, I grew up as a dancer, When I was a little kid my parents at one point even said that do you want to be a physical therapist maybe because my dad's a dentist and you know jewish dentist so of course they're like ah you gotta be in the health profession or a rabbi or something i don't know but this really was not what i wanted and so Mm. i had a whole career as first uh, growing up as a ballerina and then I worked professionally in musical theater for more than 15 years and it was awesome. And I started off struggling like any other person in the profession. And then eventually I was able to, get work back to back. And it was the best. I finally started getting roles and I was living the dream. And I remember crying backstage because I was so happy. I had already, I have already found my passion, the love of my life. So why would I go to another passion? And the answer isn't pretty. My parents were unhappy. In 2010, I was at A very brief stint, very fortunately, but I was at the peak of an eating disorder. I couldn't do any of my survivor jobs, and that's what I like to call the jobs that I do in between the professional performing gigs. And I was just turning 30. And I guess something was ringing in my parents' ears. They caught me right when I was so vulnerable. I was just at a low point in my life. They said, we do not support you doing this career. And it was coming out of love. I get it. I mean, let's be real. I never (laughs) get it because it's the love of my life and, and Mm. it's not financial support. It's mental and we're proud of you support. That's a big deal. I didn't have it. I was told at 30, they said, well, we will support you if you go some, do something else. And they actually mentioned physical therapy again. And they don't remember saying physical therapy when I was young. That's fine. I remember. So I looked into marketing at first. And I was taking prerequisites at Baruch College very slowly because I was still working professionally as a performer mm-hmm. in Manchester, New Hampshire and doing shows. And then I learned that marketing is more dominated by men. And I wanted the more sought-after jobs where I would get the creative aspect of marketing. And so I learned very quickly I wouldn't necessarily get that And the chances were high to not get that kind of job, which I thought, okay, next. And with my parents pushing, I went and I observed in a PT clinic. I still knew it wasn't my dream job, but there were certain things that I saw I had in common with them. One big one is they're not sitting behind a desk all day. They were up and moving. So even though they're in this room, that's almost like a cubicle, which I'm completely allergic to because you're moving all (laughs) the time. It's not like you're stuck in one spot. Yeah. I also like the conversations, getting to meet different people. I thought that was really cool. Really getting to bond with different individuals from different backgrounds. I, I thought this this is cool. And then of course the obsession with health. All performers obsess about their health, their appearance, everything. And I thought, wow, I could just fit in with these conversations because this is what we worry about all the time in the performance world, our health. Yeah. What's your newest diet? What's your newest workout? I'm going, oh gosh, okay, this is, this is awesome. And the funny thing is, is the first clinic I observed, I actually didn't like that clinic at all. I thought they were heinous, but it still convinced me despite the fact that I, this was something I was interested in. Then I gotta go observe at an amazing clinic, Westside Dance Physical Therapy in New York. They work with dancers. Uh, I, if you are in New York, I highly recommend observing there because most of the time at these places you're just watching. You can't touch patients, of course not. That's that would be that would be horrible. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Why don't you do a bone manip? But what I what I appreciated there. Some people don't. I appreciated Mm -hmm. theirs. They had us washing sheets, helping with cleanup, and little things like that. And though that sounds like the help kind of work, I get it. But trust me, if you're sitting there for 50 hours to make up the 50, 75, 100 hours, whatever the the requirements are for the applications you're doing, it actually makes a huge difference to have something to do. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. just, but I appreciated that a lot. And they wrote a phenomenal letter of recommendation. That went with with observing there. You got it, you were guaranteed a letter of recommendation from West Side Dance Physical Therapy, which is amazing from that clinic. Those clinicians are incredible. And that is how I got that is how I initially got into going into this profession for physical therapy.
3: Whoa. We had a call a few days ago and there's something you said to me that that struck me. And you kind of just mentioned it right now. There's something about this parent thing. Where where if they, it's like, if they don't support you, it's like, it's like this weight on your shoulder, you're like, oh, dang, man, like, regardless, it almost takes the joy out of what you thought you wanted, right? So, uh, so it's kind of funny that you said that, because like, sometimes I feel the same way. But for students that are non-traditional, for students that um, have gone down a different career path, they've hit a point, uh, a wall uh, similar to yours, where they're saying, okay, regardless of whether for you it was because it was a male-dominated profession and all these different things. But for them, they decided, okay, this is not for me anymore. Uh, what are some suggestions you would give them um, as they come to this point of trying to break down whether not only whether PT is for them, but whether they should even leave the career they're at? What are What are some red flags? What are some things they should look for, red and green flags, as they make that transition?
2: I would say if you can stay in your profession as a performer, do it. If, you, if you've already found the love of your life, make that work, stick with that. I would never, ever tell somebody to leave their passion, ever. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, if you find yourself in a bind and there are other alternate reasons why you're looking into physical therapy as a profession, there are options and that is a huge benefit Being in the physical therapy industry does not necessarily mean you have to treat all day. There are many places you can and aspects of physical therapy that you can work in that can allow the flexibility that you need. It may mean that you need to do the work yourself to create it. But if you are willing to do that work to create the dream life of yours, to maybe even fit back in your passion, say it's performing as well like me. Then yes, this is the right profession for you. But it's a lot of work. This this is a doctoral degree. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. I got increased gray hairs from this. So I mean, <laughs> don't don't think that it's just, just going to school. And I think if this is your second career, if you're in the similar shoes of me and this is your second career, you've already lived the life of an adult, you're gonna be taking a break and possibly being with younger people just follow your gut follow your instinct and it is okay to for this to not be your passion you wow. can pretend like it's your passion if that's what's going to help you get into pt school but it's okay if it's not let's be real i didn't go into physical therapy for the for oh my gosh i just i've always thought of physical therapy absolutely not this is this is like honestly this initially was a nightmare come true going into this wow what I wanted this is not I wanted to perform I still want to perform I'm working on bringing that back into my life working very hard so definitely just trust your instinct you know and this may this is not the only career where there's flexibility this isn't the end all be all we just happen to be physical therapists so this is great that pre PT grind exists But it doesn't mean that you need to, this is the only option, the only Mm. where there are options. Really explore outside of this so you know, you know, as you move forward with this, you're not looking at other careers. Yes. And if you go in and you start discovering while you're in school, oh, shoot, that's your fault. That's your fault. You didn't do your homework then. I don't, I don't, like. I don't feel bad for you I mean I feel bad for you but at the end but of the not day, really you you have to do the work to know if this is right for you and already if you're part of pre-pt grind and you're part of this group you're already doing a lot of the work because they're mm. providing amazing stuff to get you excited about this and to really explore honestly if this is the profession for you
1: brilliant So we talked a little bit about you um, having this passion with performing and everything. Then, now you're about to graduate and become a licensed physical therapist. So tell us a little bit about how you're combining those two already or how you have already combined those two. You've been on other podcasts and talked about it, but just for our audience to get an idea and understanding what you're doing, especially for those who have already been accepted or for those PT students or PTA students already uh, who might be interested in this. They love to dance, they love to perform, uh, and they're in PT school right now. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that cool stuff you have going on?
2: Okay, so there are three. So the first one, I have co-founded Fairytale Physical Therapy, where we bring musical theater shows to children in mm. hospitals, and we teach choreography that is secretly composed of therapeutic exercises. And it's, we, have, we specifically have physical therapy, and PTA students involved in this, depending mm-hmm. on if you're a PTA school and not a PT school. And right now we have it at Columbia University, which is where I'm from, my school. So that's that's solid, it's solid at Columbia University. And we've had it done in California. We have, I think it's Wisconsin, I forget what state is in the process. Getting into other schools has been, for long-term, for like one show we've had in in like three other places, two other places, but for getting it to going at other schools regularly is a whole other ball game. And it's just, it just takes a motivated student. It could be anybody who might be interested and who's listening. You could go in and just contact us. And we have everything. We have scripts, we have the music, we have the whole outline there for you. You will see it and you go, Oh wow, even, even your job description is in there. You have everything to know exactly what steps to take. And it's very little. We've done all the behind the scenes work, my partner Katie and I. So we decided at the tail end of our third year that we want to still keep continue to overlook it on the expansion and everything, even though we are graduating because we care about it. And that might change. Over time, you never know, we may find someone else to take over, you know, the overseeing, who knows? But, yeah. but, it, but the main thing is we both equally care about keeping it going. Once you go to a hospital one time performing in front of those kids, it's one of the most beautiful, selfless experiences you can get as a performer, because it is a very selfish art form job, Whatever you want to call it. And that's totally fine. It's your passion. It's your love. I get it. The other two things. The second thing is a podcast. It's called Physiotherapy Performance Perspectives. Her performance Perspectives. I co-founded it with a classmate, Marissa Schaefer, who is also interested in dance physical therapy, and she's fierce. And we interview physical therapists who work regularly with dancers about some type of injury prevention. And through that, through that, that's how I met my current clinical instructor. Inspired me so much that I reached out to her to make the clinical I'm currently in right now happen. And I could not be more grateful. I'm gonna learn so much from this amazing human being. The third thing is I have a YouTube series, Injury Prevention for Dancers. And I created this to push myself to feel confident and comfortable talking about injury prevention as a physical therapist, well, future physical therapist. And I just break down injuries and I talk about a general way to prevent it. But I always have a note on the bottom that says, if you want to truly get the right treatment for yourself, go see a physical th- a licensed mm. physical therapist. And I have evidence for each one. And that has been great as a learning experience and I recommend when in doubt if you're if you're not understanding a concept in general I mean we'll get into this more later if you don't understand a concept try talking about it to your husband or somebody who is not in physical therapy school and then yeah. you'll know if you, if, if you know it is if you can't break it out, if you cannot break it down barney style then you you can't break it down <laughs> and so those are the three things that I've done because for me to be away from performing is, is not okay. It's absolutely not okay. And I was able to, with the help of classmates, and I love I love collaborating with people, absolutely feed off of it. So working with, with classmates and also on my own as well with the YouTube series has been a way for me to stay connected with the crazy, hectic schedule of physical therapy school.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that want to even with the Fairy Tale Physical Therapy, um, if you guys want to see a little more of that, um, you can go to their website, uh, fairytalephysicaltea, I believe, dot Wix, site W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash fairytale. Go on there, read everything there on their homepage. They even have a video where you can see some samplings of what they do. Um, it's absolutely amazing. But you guys as pre-PTs, regardless of whether you are a traditional student um, or a non-traditional student, at any point in your journey, you guys can start to embed your passion with, uh, even the profession. Um, she's taken performance and embedded it with physical therapy to serve kids. Like that's, that's brilliant. Even, even as a student. And so, uh, you guys can do so much. And if there's anything you guys learn from pre PT grind is that there are so many avenues for y'all to serve. There are so many avenues for y'all to really set yourselves apart while taking full advantage of what your real passions are. And she's right. Like your passion doesn't have to be, you know, just physical therapy or anything like that. You guys can, you know, have a passion for singing, a a passion for performing, a passion for, uh, sports, a passion. I mean, there's so many different things that make us us. Casey and I are two different people. We have different passions. Some are similar, some are different. Uh, but when we are able to capitalize on all of those life becomes that much more amazing. And so, uh, you guys have an open door, an open avenue that y'all can blow up if you guys do what Jenna's doing. And so for me, like this is this is amazing because Jenna's right now, you know, battling whether she's gonna continue this project even after she graduates or who takes it over. Because, I mean, one, she won't be a student anymore. But two, she got so many other projects to start from here on out. Yeah. Because that's all she knows. She knows nothing but to, you know, go after what she loves, go after what she is passionate about. Otherwise she does not reach the fulfillment of you know having having a having a fun enjoyable career is that correct
2: yep gotta love
1: exactly. your life exactly so jenna you're also a huge advocate for advocacy like an advocate for advocacy so for yeah. our our PrePT the aa com- a- yes. a- <laughs> a- <laughs> so for our pre community who has no idea what advocacy is what it means what it even means for the physical therapy profession or for even performance, whatever it is. Can you kind of break that down for us? Cause it might be going over some of our heads right now. So what is yeah, no advocacy?
2: I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about advocating for the PT profession. And for those who don't know, just in case PT stands for physical therapy, I was never a person who came in knowing acronyms. No <laughs> so PT, physical therapy. Well, For me, advocacy was caught me by surprise. I never, ever thought I would be this passionate about advocating for the profession. So I understand before I go into this, because this has to do with political stuff, everybody has different viewpoints. And I'm going to do the black and white thing. Some people voted for Trump. Some people didn't. I do not care who you voted for as Hmm. I talk about this. But I'm going to give you my story as I go into it. I did not vote for Trump and I was not happy about that. And that's okay, the people who are happy about it, that's great too, okay? All right, let's go back into this again.
0: So,
2: <laughs> right, because that's not the whole purpose of this when I yeah. talk about advocating. The whole point with advocating is if you're tired of complaining about the state of our country, the rights that your profession doesn't have, then you've got to take action. And that is, and within the political arena, that is advocacy. And I specifically focus just on PT advocacy because if I opened up to all the things I cared about, I wouldn't have time. I mean, that's, that's where it becomes a career pull out. So I just focus on physical therapy because that is my future job. That's a future job for a lot of my friends. It's a job that my friends who are already professional physical therapists have. And I love the idea of helping out each other and also the health of my future patients. I'm very passionate about that. And I'm not going to sit there as I'm a professional complaint and complain about it. If I don't like it, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to send an email. I'm going to brainstorm on how to do another Facebook Live or maybe even create a website or maybe, maybe find a way to go on TED Talks to sneak in my advocacy agenda into something where you're <laughs> learning about... I don't know troll dolls and how they changed your childhood to make life better, mm. but really, I'm just bringing you into advocating for the profession. So that was really <laughs> random, but <laughs> I think you get the basic idea. Definitely. But yeah, so av- advocating for the profession is is a, a really fun thing to get involved in. You you don't get paid. You may not get a lot of notoriety if that's important to you, it, but it's it is so cool to write something out and to get a response from your legislative representative. It is great to go out there and hear what people are complaining about at town hall meetings. And then to go up there, oh man, I shake every time, I, but I push myself, to go up there and get behind the mic and ask the legislative representative on if they, why they are not covering or re- signing off on a bill that represents the PT world. Hmm. It's scary, but it's worth it. And you got to be nice. I was just saying this in my last Facebook Live just tonight. <laughs> you got to be nice, whatever you do. I mean, in general, yeah. you should be nice to people unless, they're, unless they suck. But, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? If somebody's not nice to you, to your face, just walk away from them. Don't waste your time being nice to them. Just, just, just leave. Um, oh yeah. But um but you got to be nice to these legislative representatives because mm-hmm. they're people like you and people like to be treated nicely and then they'll be more receptive to your mm-hmm. whole and purpose. But yeah, if you are interested in advocating for the profession and you want to get involved and you want to brainstorm and me to give you a bunch of ideas and overwhelm you, oh my gosh, private message me now. I I, <laughs> I will I will give you things.
3: no you you just gave me the title for this podcast. Take action. Yes. A, oh, I'm all uh, about taking action. Take action. Anything. Yeah.
2: I'm upset. Oh, about. Sure. I was upset about not getting to perform during mm. physical school. I took action. Mm. I was, marketing wasn't going to have work for me. I took action. I found something else. I didn't just sit there and cry and start working at McDonald's. You know, I, yeah. I, I made a choice. And here's a bill that currently exists, a federal bill within the APTA, the American Physical Therapy Association that exists. That fights, against lo- that fights for loan forgiveness. It's called the Physical Therapist Workforce and Patient Access Act, HR 1639 slash S619. This mm. fights for us to get loan forgiveness in order to allow us to work in rural underserved areas. This is a big issue we have right now in the PT profession where when you graduate, if you choose to go into this profession, when you graduate, you'll have all this debt. So you're gonna most likely stay in a place where you're gonna get the higher pay or have more job job opportunities. And that is just continuing the cycle and not fixing the problem of people getting the care that they need in these rural areas. This is a bill you could, Go speak to town people, your legislative representatives, email them about, because this is gonna pertain to you. This is action that the New York Student Special Interest Group, we're focusing on this year because it was voted upon uh, at large by students in the New York area. And I understand why. It's because these loans that we have are heinous and it takes a while to pay it back. And that's something to, to consider. And this is where you could take action and do something about right now
3: take action. I love it. You guys as pre-PTs, I know some of you might be listening to this and you're like, I'm only a sophomore in college. What can I really do for the PT profession? But you guys have to realize that you guys are like, you know, the whole, like you're the future of the profession. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the, The main thing is you guys as the trailblazers become what really does like all the changing in the, in the PT profession, all the changes that have taken place up until this point have been because individuals like Jenna have decided to take action, have decided to do something about it. So if you guys can get in the habit of taking action on things that you think need to be changed, you gotta take that into the profession. You have to take that into being, you know, while you're becoming a PT student, while you're uh, becoming a physical therapist. Because if we, man, I'm not gonna lie, if there's one thing that uh, that I get frustrated with, it's complaining complaining, especially without solutions. I get it. Like we can all complain, but if you're complaining with a solution, I get it. Like you're coming, you know, loaded. Cool. But if you're complaining for the sake of complaining, just to complain, then I don't necessarily have time for that. Um, and so I think a lot of people do that, uh, without any kind of solution. Um, they're doing it to be heard. And I know it's natural because when something frustrates us, the natural inclination is to say, like, I don't like that, but without saying, what can we do about it? Then that, I don't like that, means absolutely nothing. So take action today. Be keen on observing what you're seeing around you. If you don't like anything about what you're experiencing at your school, do something about it. Yep. If you don't like anything about like it, like your surroundings, maybe the people you have as friends, they're bad influences, do something about it. You don't have things happen to you anymore. You have to happen to them. And so you guys have to be in full control And Jenna is a perfect example of that. And as I conclude that, Jenna, what is something you would say to the younger version of yourself? Something that over the past few years of experience, you said, wow, this is something that I did not understand, that I did not grasp at one point in my life. But if I were to talk to that young Jenna, I would tell her this. What is that?
2: I would tell myself that you have a very out there personality. Some people love it. Some people don't love it and that's okay because that is actually one of your strengths. The people who embrace you for being you, be around those people. The people who do not embrace you, that's okay. Just don't don't base your own personal value around the people who don't necessarily vibe with your energy. Your energy and your personality is perfect as is and you're not alone in, in this situation. There are some people who are extroverts like you who are in the same spot. And there are also people who are introverts who may relate with things that you're saying and everything, but they're too afraid to come out of their shell because they're afraid of the possible rejection that you sometimes experience. So be you and love you.
1: Wow. I absolutely love it. So for the next question, it's more about like structure, organization. It could be anything from how to study or study strategies to how you're even balancing so much right now as a third year uh, physical therapy student. So if you had to give some advice to pre-PTs, DPT students, even somebody listening, you know, in the transition phase into the PT career, who's trying to juggle a lot, like what uh, strategies do you have for them? Is there any secrets that Jenna Cancer uses that we all can learn from?
2: Well, I think it depends on the school, but definitely make sure you're on your on game in front of the instructors all the time, because I don't know how the atmospheres are at other schools, but they are looking at you with the word professionalism, and they have defined it differently amongst the faculty what that means. So just be aware of that. Even though you are looking for a mentor and you want to bond with these amazing teachers and everything, just keep that in the back of your mind that- you may not get to be your full self around your professors. Mm. You may need to look elsewhere for the mentorship you want. The second thing I would say is Google Docs. Get that your Google Docs organized and in a way with all your folders for that semester, with all your documents there. So when you graduate and you're traveling, it doesn't matter if you have your school computer. You can access your stuff on ortho the spine or any of the things you learned Mm. all right there available for you through your private google docs do not share it with other people you do not want people to question you doing something illegal that's not the purpose of it this is for you to have your study tools with you wherever you go
3: thank you so much jenna thank you so much for your time this has been an absolutely amazing episode for our listeners who want to reach out to you? What's the best way for them to contact you? Social media, email, whatever. What would you like them to know in terms of ways to contact you?
2: I would say Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. So Mm -hmm. you can friend me on Jenna Cantor, J-E-N-N-A, Cantor, K-A-N as in Nancy, T as in Tiger, O as in Orange, R as in Righteous, Jenna Cantor. So if you just want to- I like that. (laughs) I think I'm Jenna Cantor DPT on on Facebook. But you'll Mm -hmm. see me pop up with some sort of professional picture and a Choose PT logo. <laughs> and that, that's me, send me and, and then message me on there and I, I'm happy. I would love to connect.
3: Oh my goodness, absolutely amazing. You guys have learned a lot in this episode. For those of you that want to rewind it, especially for those of you that are non-traditional students, those of you that have already been accepted into PT schools and will be starting PT this year. Ways to take yourself to the next level and even get involved in our profession listen to this episode, reach out to Jenna, ask her a lot of questions. She'll be super excited to speak with you. Absolutely amazing personality, as y'all can tell. But thank you, Jenna, so much once again.
2: Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome, my love. It's our it. pleasure. This is awesome, I wish I I wish I wish had this going into school.
3: We appreciate it. For those of y'all listening, you guys know where to find us, www.preptblind.com. You guys can find us on all of our other platforms there. We will see y'all next week on the next episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. Have a phenomenal evening, morning, afternoon, or whatever. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Pre-PT Success Program, a program designed to take focused Pre-PT students and help them become excellent DPT school candidates without wasting years of frustration during the application process. To learn and master PrePT pt Grind's six-step process that will get you into physical therapy school, you will want to get on our waiting list for the course. Reach out to us at www.contactpreptgrind.com and comment "PrePT Success to get on our waiting list for the launch of the number one Pre-PT course. Thank you once again for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.